But the biggest issue that I had earlier was that we made an adjustment where I, I really wanted to um, kind of go towards the middle of the mound. Um, rather than historically for the last, I don't know, five, six years, I've, I've been completely on the first base side. So it took a little bit to like get used to like the lanes of like, all right, these pitches are going to get thrown in these like new locations. Um, but it's opened up the slider for me so much better than it's ever I ever had. So I knew it was an adjustment that would really benefit me in the long run, but uh, obviously getting used to it was, there's some hiccups on the way. Well, that was Chris Bassett. Yesterday, doing Chris Bassett things post game. I mean, I hope what he says makes sense. I, I mean, I don't really care if the results are going to be the way they were in, in that four two win. I I really don't care. I hope it made sense. I obviously it gives him a bigger target to move into the moving to the middle what of the map. Does it opens up everything? It makes his lanes. How come we didn't? How come we didn't notice that he was doing this earlier well, in spring? How come he didn't tell us that? Who Bassett? Probably because he stunk his first start. And he didn't, he want, didn't to want to say anything. anything. <laughs> and now when you have a really good start, you're, you're free willy. You, you'll show free it, willy? You'll show it <laughs> free, to anybody. Free willy, you'll, all right. You'll, you'll there tell you go. anybody about it. That's, that's basically <laughs> what it is, right? No, it's true. When, when it works. you have a really good start, it's like, uh, I'm just a, I, I, I'll tell you whatever you want to know. I, know. What is I, I had lasagna before the game. Like, I'll tell you whatever you need to know. Six yeah, and a third shutout innings. It was really good. 4-2, the Blue Jays beat uh the Houston Astros, welcome to Blair and Barker, the only happy sports talk show in Toronto today. <laughs> Why are you laughing? What? I'm not laughing. You are No, little. I'm not. It's the first thing out of your mouth when you came in here. Did you say the Leafs? What? That's what you said to me. <laughs> huh? It's okay. Canada's uh, team won. Jets won. So, I mean, they're Canada's team. Teams in Alberta don't count. Vancouver's never in the playoffs. Montreal, Ottawa, they're never in the playoffs, and nobody likes the Leafs outside of the city. So, anyhow. Uh, yeah, so anyhow, the Jays won 4-2, so it wasn't all bad in Toronto sports yesterday. <clears throat> Six and a third shutout innings from Chris Bassett. We talked about that. Vladdy hit a home run, and uh, which is a great timing during the telecast. Buck and Dan talking about... Yeah, which is great. How mad he was, and then all of a sudden, getting the head out. And I love it when he hit the ball. Yeah. Buck just says it's gone. <laughs> I loved it. I mean, Dan didn't even have a chance no. to do his home run call. God. Buck said, "And he just hit a home run." It was outstanding. Uh, Chapman hits Perfect. another. Hits like a, they planned it. It's, it was. It was great. Chapman <laughs> hit another home run. Um, things were going so well that uh, there are folks that thought that uh, John Schneider put a hit and run on with uh, Brandon Belt in the bases. I think Schneider's comment afterwards, yeah, if I did that, I'd be going out and buying a lottery ticket. But it was one of those games where uh, Espinal and Bichette cash in a couple of, uh, a couple of runs and singles. And it was one of those just really clean, really efficient games. And, man, it started, Kevin, it's, it started with Bassett. Uh, his velocity was up pretty much across the board. The curve, you got four whiffs on eight swings. The sinker, I mean, there was contact on the sinker, but it was weak contact. That is why, and coming off the starts we saw from, from Manoa and, and Gossman, that's why you go out and sign Chris Bassett, is to give you that type of consistent outing. Yeah, but I would, I would think if you're a catcher trying to catch that, you're pulling your hair out. You, I mean, you really have no idea. <laughs> he, he, he's, he's calling his own game, and he's shaking off Kirky. Like, Kirky's like, I know it's about lanes and where yeah, he's yeah, setting yeah. up. And, you know, yeah. do, I want, do I want to throw the slider away? Do I want to throw it in? He's shaking off, no, I want it in. Yeah. So you sort of understand why it is. But like, yeah, he's not shaking off. Like he's not shaking off himself. You're, you're calling your own game. Why are you shaking me off? I'm not doing anything, right? But it, it was interesting so because 
head your hair out. Last night, and and I, you know, we're <clears throat> look, we're going to be talking about the pitch timer all year. But I really thought last night it was an example of. And it's funny because everybody said when the pitch timer came in, oh, my God, the guy that's going to have difficulty with this is Chris, is Chris Bassett because he he, he's got a gazillion pitches. He still, he does. still does. Oh, absolutely. But being able to call his own pitches. Doesn't hurt. As, you know, I mean, he can do what he's got to do, but if he gets that pitch before he gets on the mound, I thought he was really good last night. He was holding on to the ball a couple of times, just got the pitch away on time. A couple of other times he was throwing it with, you know, six seconds left. It was just it, – it was – I mean, it was – just masterful. Yeah, That's was, the only yeah, way to describe yeah, it. Was, yeah, I was masterful. I was told Kevin were, at no point. I'm just at no point that I think they were going to lose that game. Seriously, when he was all at, your confidence. At no point that I think he was going to lose that game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Up until Tim Mesa coming in, at no point that I think they were going to lose that game. But then when I saw Tim Mesa yeah, out of the yeah, game, at no point that I think they were going to lose the game. Look, the fourth inning was rocky, right? That that it's sort of those one of those innings where you know you, you heard a Gosman in the first inning. He said it after the game, right? I just every once I need a breather. I need to walk around the mound. But I your thought conditioning, he, your mindset. I thought know, he managed it. I to, thought he managed uh, yeah, it. Okay, he was, he was working through it. Like you could tell out there, it was gr- it was a grind. The twenty seven yeah. pitches. Yes, it was. I mean, it could have fell off the tracks in a hurry. He made a good pitch when he had to. The command of the sweeper and the sinker, and he threw enough cutters to keep mm-hmm. you honest to both sides of the plate. He's not afraid to throw it to a righty. He'll, Parker, I love he'll that throw curve. it away. Yeah, yeah. The curveball again. This is what I told you. You know, he needs the velocity to make that curve that sweeper better. It's the seventy to seventy five mm-hmm. mark, right? That mm-hmm. that mile per hour where it's not always going to be perfect. I'm not always trying to locate it. I'm just trying to change speeds with it to get some weak contact. Now, get a ton of swing and miss. That's not All who right. he is, right? You know, he had seven swing and misses. He had nineteen called strikes. That is a big number. For a guy, you know, doesn't throw hundred. Yep. You know, he had twenty two foul. He Great had twenty two foul balls, which will tell you, right? They're trying to let it travel. You know, it's changing that speeds. It's being unpredictable. He's got a bunch of them. You got to let that thing travel. You're basically trying to hit it out of the catcher's mitt. You want to look in certain locations, and when he's locating both sides of the plate with the cutter, the four seamer, like you know, occasionally it's just he throws enough of a couple of the fastballs to make the one that he wants to abuse. Yesterday, it's the sinker. Well, He'll throw enough cutters, enough four-seamers to keep you honest that you have to respect it because, you know, every once in a while, he'll give you the see, run I will, away to a righty at 95, a little elevation that you're going as a hitter, uh-oh, I'll, I got to respect that. And then he'll flip that 70 on you. Yeah. And you're like, what? What are you doing will, to me? I will say this about Chris Bassett and that – the, that 10-pitch walk did, I think this is what you're getting at. There were 10 pitches in that inning were on that walk to Alvarez. And I think that maybe... Well, he's trying to make the perfect pitch. He was trying to make... <clears throat> he was trying Exactly. He was trying to make the perfect pitch. But at that point, it's odd. When he... When Alvarez walked, to me, that's almost the preferable outcome. Because if Jordan Alvarez sees nine pitches from you, like you got to think, I don't well, care I if you, I don't care if you got a hundred pitches. Buck even said that's a pretty good place for him at first base. Yeah, I, no, but, I, I, but don't I was, you agree that nah, maybe if you've seen if you've never, seen never, never want to hear what he have he had uh, he had one walk and that was it. But Kev, Kev, maybe. a guy like Alvarez, if you think how many. If he sees ten pitches from a righty without much velocity, you got to think more often than not well, he's going to bridge him. He don't like the ball in. 
I mean, that, that's, well, that's, that's where they're trying to get him out, fair. right? They're yep. trying to run cutters in there. They were trying to do the elevated four-seamer. We saw and then occasionally yeah. they they try and backfoot the slider. They get the slow breaking ball. You know, you show him a change-up, a way to try and get him out in with something, a little movement. It's a great game plan, right? It's, but it's trying to set it up. It's, no, you know, not trying to abuse it because he's a smart dude. He's a smart you know, just trying to sequencing. You got to figure out ways to not give it away. And that's sort of when you got seven of them, you know, you want to get away from the barrel. You know, he'd had trouble with the first couple of starts with hitting barrels. He only hit two barrels yesterday. That, that's a big deal. You know, three ball counts is a big deal for him. He only had three of those. Only I say is a big deal. He faced 24 batters. He, he threw 16 strike ones. That's a big deal. Outs on spin is a big thing. He had three of those, two on the curveball, one on the sweeper. Those are big deals. That, you know, that in between where if I'm a hitter, it's a tough take. It's mm-hmm. take, take. I'm a swing, 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 swing. I take it because at the last minute, it's just off the plate because I'm forcing myself not to chase him. And I was told <laughs> between starts that he is going to use that pitch timer for like game planning, and I was like, "What?" And forever expe- between, ex- ex- well, I had no explain idea. For, for four days, I was trying to figure out how to explain it because I had no idea. What are you talking about? And then I watched him throw yesterday. Then you saw what I said, right? Absolutely. About the, the number of that's what they're talking about yeah. is the the variance in. It's almost like a new pitch, right? It's it's um, it's like I give my sign. I give it, I get it, I'm set, I'm looking at you with 13 seconds. I let that thing run all the way down to one. And I got seven got pitches, pitch. and, and you're sitting at the plate, and if you're there a hitter, you go. you're going, what am I, which of the seven am I going to see? I, I saw him quick pitch one time, I yes. think, with, with, to somebody. I can't remember who uh, it was because he's got a lot going on. But the point is he can do that, right? And <laughs> the person that told me this, I looked at I, I was like, what What are you talking about? How, how can you possibly do that? He's got seven pitches. He's got enough to worry about. Yeah. And then you saw what he was doing yesterday with it. Just the the when he would throw the pitch, when he wouldn't throw the pitch, when he got the sign, when he gave it to Kirky, when he was on the rubber, when he came set, he quick pitched, he didn't go in his windup. Like there's all these things that all of a sudden now, because of the velocity and the variance in the 70s and the 95s that he could go to, it's a lot going on for a hitter. You know, you got to split the plate in half with him. And you got to hope that he can't he can't throw a fastball to both sides of the plate like he did last night. If he does, it'll happen exactly the way it happened. So when you're watching him, everything that goes into him being really good because of the pitch timer is a deal. It's a thing. He's thinking about it. He's trying to figure it out. He's using it to his advantage now because he feels comfortable with all of his pitches, his velocities there. He feels comfortable with Kirky. All the setups and where he's starting and the shaking off I left. It's sort of like if I'm a hitter and I'm hitting off of him and I can see him pushing the button, I know he's calling his own game. Zach Grinky shakes off and I'm like, Zach Grinky did that. Zach Grinky did that as well. He's playing with me. Zach Grinky did that as well. I I would have to throw my bat at him. Except except Zach Grinky was talking to himself while he did it as well, which was the thing. No, he was. He was. You can tell Chris is a smart guy. But I would think if you're catching him, he's a headache. Like you're losing sleep over it. I want to talk about Matt Chapman in a minute, but the point you made about about Bassett, do you think, because I went back and looked, and, and John Schneider very, very early in spring training talked about Alec Manoa and the pitch clock. And he said, I think once he's comfortable with it, he might be able to be a guy who can manipulate it. Now, there was no follow-up, uh, but it was a statement from John. Yeah. So do you think the pitch timer... Is there a way that Alec Manoa can use it to his benefit? 
because Chris Bassett yeah, gotta, clearly is using it to his benefit. I, I, I got to be careful how I talk about this. Uh, Do you think it? I I I, th- I think. Let me uh, here. I'll put it this way. Why? Is working rapidly something you want to see Alec Manoa do? I'll, I'll let me throw it back at you. Yeah. Do you think Alec can do that, conditioning wise, and be effective with quality stuff, not throwing non-competitive pitches? You see the same exact thing I'm seeing. I can't. I'll tell you what. I, can he? That's the th- that's the big thing here, I'm right? Almost- can, can he do it and be effective enough to get big league hitters out consistently mm. and have good stuff? Good I stuff don't know. for him means I don't know, Kevin. the I velocity don't, I don't has know. to be there, the tunneling on the slider has to be there, the the sinker movement starting in the zone, ending up on the corner has to be there. And oh, by the way, you're trying to think along and use the pitch timer to your advantage. Conditioning wise, do you think he's capable of doing that? That's the thing you have to ask yourself. And again. You know, this early in the season, you got we got to be careful about how we have this conversation. Because yeah, because guys are absolutely guys so, are working up to absolutely well, abs absolutely. Like you, you know, you. So where all these things are a work in progress here, and I've, I, I just think this early in the season with what we've seen from him, it's a lot to ask. How's that? Let's talk about Matt Chapman. Thank you. Um, Let's move on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, good grief. John Schneider talking about Vladdy saying uh, he's not being a power hitter first. He's being a hitter first now. I want to ask you about Matt Chapman, but first let's hear from Matt Chapman about Matt Chapman. Lance. You know, I've been able to get some more hits, um, maybe hit the breaking ball a little bit better, stay back on the baseball, not try to do too much. So obviously it's nice. Things are going good right now. I know it's uh, a long season, but uh, it's nice to start off like this and, you know, feel like I'm helping the team win. But um, I think it's something that that approach is going to be able to, you know, keep me more consistent throughout the throughout the season and be able to know that, uh, you know, when things maybe aren't going good, I have something to go to and I have, uh, you know, something I know that works or, uh, you know, I can just look back and see what I was doing that, you know, helped me get back on track. I mean, Kevin, he's having, he's having offensively, he's having the type of year, he's having the type of start to year you want to have if you're a free yeah, yeah, agent. Yeah, yeah, I want to apologize too because I was the first guy to come on here and go, what are you doing? That, that, uh, it's not a With toe, a toe tap. tap or whatever it is. The, you know, toe tap. What do you even call it? It's a, it's a shuffle. It's a real, right. it's a qu- real quick move to get to your athletic slide it's more a slide, slide. Yeah. yeah yeah but it's really quick a lot, a lot of guys can play catch up with their barrel and they miss the baseball it's not a move that you want to you know, how many people you see do it it's rare right vladdy does the the fruition thing it's a methodic gather right he's methodically getting that thing done where he wants to feel sitting on that back leg where he can get to which he's late on that a lot of times big move it's a lot going on there because your hands move a lot right you don't want that. You want to be able, it's more of a push than it is a big giant movement that sometimes you see Vladdy doing, he's playing catch up, and that's why he's seeing throw his bat. And that's I hate that. If I if I was on if I was one of the coaches with Vladdy, I could just remember Curtis Laskanic telling me, again, I've said this, I've, I've I told you this story many times that I was playing pool with him one time. And I stunk at hitting pool, at pool or no, baseball. I, okay. Well, no, I'm pretty good at that. Like okay. I, you know, I'm pretty good at that because I'm 
you know, I'm, I think I'm really good, and I tell everybody, and I throw them off their game. At least that's what I like. You're from Virginia. I don't know. That's, that's absolutely nothing to do you with play it. darts? No. Okay. No. It's not why I go to a park. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, <laughs> It's all. It's almost like by, by the way you look, we'll tell a pitcher, a catcher, a pitching coach how you feel, how I'm supposed to try and get you out. Enough of the throwing the bats, man. Like I look, occasionally it's okay, but a lot of times when you're missing hanging breaky balls, if I'm a pitcher, if I'm a catcher, I'm going okay. I knew I needed to get you out in off the plate because of the timing and your lower half. A lot of the times it's just not there. The foot's not getting down on time because of all the hand movements. You're not getting it up so you can get it in the zone quick enough to be able to, quite frankly, get the head out. You throwing things just tells me I, I got you. I, that's where I want to throw you to get you out. That's why I'm throwing him away right now, Vladdy. I don't get it. It's a bad pitch. It's a, it's a terrible location. Maybe you're trying to go in there, but you're a big leaguer. You got to get it in there to a really good hitter. Give Vladdy credit. He didn't miss it. So, I, yeah, I think I think there's a lot going on there, right? It's it's Why, why are they having a conversation? Are you trying too hard? I, okay. I, Chapman, though. Chapman. Chapman. I apologize to Chapman. Yeah. The, uh, it's very hard for me to come on here sometimes because I, well, we, I didn't believe the move, right? Well, why, and also, why is that the move and, and you're going also, to? Why did you go to that? It's a hard move. It's hard to do. It was hard for him in spring training. You could see he was in between. He it really didn't, didn't look know. It didn't look comfortable. Yeah, never yeah, mind yeah. Never mind the results. He did not look good, comfortable good doing for him. It obviously, training. there's a lot of people telling him, I'm sure that's that's broke this down, that says you stick with it. It's going to work. Everything will go the direction I, you want it to go. I really get the sense from what – from what Dan and, and, and Buck have said and from what I was able to get at the ballpark, I really get the sense that Victor Martinez has had a big, sure. big, big role in this with I'm Matt I'm sure, Chapman. but there's going to have to be a time where you're going to have to go to left center. You're going to have to get the head out and live there for a while because they're going to make adjustments and force you to hit the ball over there. But, <clears throat> look, you can't argue what he's doing, right? Re- really good hitters, I've told you this. The way you look at really good hitters is a couple of things. Total bases, he had 233 of them last year. It's not great. Okay, it's middle of the road, right? Mm-hmm. It's middle of the pack for a third baseman. You want to get paid two hundred million dollars? That number's got to go way up. He's got fifty-one of those. That'll tell you a lot of what you want to know just by looking at that number. He leads baseball. Yeah, with fifty-one total bases, that's a big thing. You're right-handed. You play a corner. You have to destroy. I'm not talking fillet him. Not talking get a bunch of hits off of him. I'm talking destroy. He's hitting 480 off of lefties. That's what you do to lefties. You just can't wait to run to the plate and annihilate lefties. Runners in scoring position. Again, you want to get paid big time money. Mm-hmm. You want to hit in the middle of the order. I'm not paying you big time money to hit seventh. He's hitting 364 runners in scoring position. This might be the most important one to get paid. And if I'm going to pay him, this is a big time stat. Versus relievers. So High octane velocity guys who were coming a secondary in. Yep. pitch sitting 400 off them. Wow. Okay, that's a big time number. That that is, and the little numbers, right? He's sitting 300 with two strikes. That's little. He's not changed anything. He feels comfortable his lower half. It's on time. It's a small move. His hands are working. You can tell he's not gripping that barrel like he was last year, right? It's free and easy. It's real nice. He's more thinking about what he's swinging at than all the mechanic changes that he's made, which is a big move, right? That's that's a big thing to think about. And the one thing that I had trouble with and a lot of good hitters have trouble with is on the road. One thing, getting frisky at home, you feel you feel comfortable, your routines are great. I go to the batting cage every single day when I want to. The balls, I know exactly where. If I, if I catch it here, it starts to go there. I know because I play here a bunch, mm-hmm. I, I feel comfortable. On the road's a big deal. Last year, he hit 218 on the road. It's not good. Want to get paid? Can't hit 218 on the road. This year, he's hitting 458. 
He ain't going to hit 458 all year. But my point is, if he can consistently hit on the road, hit with two strikes, be really good, if not great, against relievers, and destroy lefties, I'm not saying he's going to make 200, but the number could go up higher. Man, I'll take a khaki. Just, I looked that up in five minutes. You saw me sitting here right before the show started. I looked those numbers up because that basically will tell you what a really good hitter is doing, is those numbers that I just mentioned. And total bases for me is the be-all endo. I, I, I just think Aaron Judge last year had 391 total bases. That's all you need to know. I mean, he beat the second guy by like – 60 or 30 or 40, it's a lot, right? That tells you where they're at as a hitter, what they're doing to baseballs consistently. And there's 11 guys last year that had 300 total bases in a season. Not a lot. 275 everyday players. If you're a fan of baseball and as of hitters, that would be one of the stats. And he's doing things, right? He's, he's comfortable and he's applying it every day. Good for him. He's probably your cleanup hitter. You, maybe you should put That's him in that spot going. and leave him there. That's where I was going next. I'm, Why not? Um, yeah, I don't want to turn it into a pile on Dalton, Dalton Varsho, but I mean, he did a rocket with first and third last night. He had a little bad luck when it comes to that, but consistently. I mean, you almost fair, have. Yeah, I, I asked to you to put him in the cleanup spot. I, I think it's because of who's sitting in front of him. Yeah. It's a lot to live up to. I asked you this question because we we were talking about this going on air. I just said simply, and and I I get. I get your point, but I just said simply, who would you rather put there? Bo's not going to the cleanup spot. So who would you put there? And, and really the only other guy is Chapman. I guess Kirky, if he goes on a bit of a roll, uh, he did it last year. But, um, you know, you talk, okay, you talk a lot about the guys in front of you. No question. Would Matt Chapman be comfortable as a cleanup hitter. Yeah, I don't Do, think does it matter. It. Does it matter to Matt Chapman? I don't think okay. so. I think now it's more about what he's swinging at. It's not his mechanics anymore. And you're going righty, 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 righty. But uh, it's far, your best far, hitters. Your best, best hitters. hitters, correct. I mean, I is, is Dalton Varsho moving the needle anymore? I mean, it is early in the season. Right. I think you're seeing a theme here, right? The breaking ball, the, you know, the, the velocity up. I mean, it, would he force your hand late in the game to bring in a lefty? I mean, maybe five games ago he would have. Mm. Now would he? Mm. No. I mean, is Matt well, Chapman one of your four best hitters? Yeah. There you go. Don't overthink this thing. You're playing for the big inning. Who would you rather have up with second and third and two outs? Matt Chapman or Varsho? Today. I'm not talking about three weeks from now. I'm talking about today. Dalton Varsho is a good hitter. He's very athletic. He can figure some things out. But I used to, I went through this too. I don't like to bring myself up a ton, but I can remember standing on the on-deck circle when Jeff Jenkins was hitting in front of me and Jeremy Burnett's. Both left-handed hitters take big daddy hacks, getting paid. Mm -hmm. I want to get paid. I want to be just like they are. You try too hard. You don't see that a little bit in Dalton Varsho? Man, look who's in front of me. Uh, uh, probably maybe a borderline Hall of Famer and a leadoff hitter because of what he does there. The two-hole hitter will be probably a Hall of Famer if they moved him to second. The guy hitting third, it's a lot. I mean, it's just, it's... Maybe he, maybe I'm overthinking it too much, but I'm sure it doesn't help. Maybe if you move him down, take a little bit of pressure off of him, put him in the six hole, seven hole. I'm not saying doing it all year, but just take a little pressure off of him, like you know, he so he doesn't have to be the man. He can clean up for a team that's supposed to win the World Series. Just a lot to ask. His OPS when, when really you've <clears> never done it. His OPS is one point two five seven. He leads all qualified, leads all qualified hitters. This is a, this, this Who is does a, Matt Chapman? Matt Chapman. Yeah, this is yeah. a great list. 
Five highest OPSs this season. Matt Chapman, Luis Arias, Brandon Marsh, Patrick Wisdom, Jorge Mateo. Well, you saw Espinal play it's early, second but, base. You've, oh, it's not really to a player, it isn't. No, no, no. I'm, not, get, I'm just Especially when you get traded to a contender right. and, you know, you're a little surprised that you're hitting cleanup. Yeah, it's a big deal. Like, you want to get off to a hot start. You want to show your teammates that you're a really good player. He is a good player. But it's a lot to ask early in the season, you think? I was the first one to say that, and you laughed at me and rolled your eyes at me when I said Brandon Bell should hit cleanup. I'm not saying that he's a better player or a better hitter, but I'm saying that's basically why you brought him here, at least to begin the season. I mean, looking at him now, you'd think not, but I'm saying that's why sort of, right? It's just, it's, it's, sometimes it just makes a little bit of sense. And when, even when your dad comes on and goes, I was shocked that they put him in the cleanup spot, how do you think his son felt? Well, I mean, I'm sure his son, I mean, huh? I'm sure his son was surprised. Although again, you did it in spring training. It's not like it's something like John just cooked. Like two no games. six, I checked. It's not, a different. It's a different than doing it in spring training. It's different. And, as, a lot, and a lot of those where I don't think they had their full lineup there. No, it's, I can look that up. It but is I, true. The six times, but I mean, the point is, it's not like John just woke up and said, "Opening day, you're hitting cleanup." Or whatever. It's not. But. Well, it's a little bit about protection, right? You really yeah. didn't know what you were going to get from Chappie with the new lower half. And we, uh, Kirky was didn't have a full spring training, so you kind of knew. But now we, you know. We've got a really fun show today. Dusty Baker's going to oh, join so us excited. at 1130. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of Doesn't get better than that. No. It's the best big, big league manager I've ever had. What was the number? It, and the number you gave me, because you know, people think Dusty Baker's played a, 19, the game a long 19 time. 19 seasons, seasons as, a player, as a player. 26 seasons as a manager. Wow. For me, he's the first bell. Like, he's, he's a... It's a no-brainer. Like, you don't even put any thought into it. Oh, he's got, I mean, as, yeah, uh, one of the veterans for committees me, for or whatever. Me, for, for me, he would he would be, even if he didn't win a World Series, just icing on the cake because of who he is and what he's been trying to do and the things he's went through in the playoffs, making the wrong call, taking the guy out at the wrong time. You know, <laughs> every once in a while you need some no-brainers to just say, here it is, I got better talent than you. I'm going to try and stay out of it, not screw it up. And, Basically what he did. Good for him. He's earned it. All you need to know about Dusty Baker is he was on deck when Hank Aaron set the nice. <laughs> Captain Cool. How many manners do you know have enough to wear wristbands with your photo on it? Yeah, that's... I mean it's it's straight. No, but cool. that was a thing in the eighties though. Straight, but you're a manager, you ain't a player no more. But if you're a player, okay. I mean, you still got to be really good. I mean, Nick Nurse, Nick Nurse wears a hat with his initials on it. How did I know you were going to go there? Does Pat Riley ever wear a hat with his initials on it? I don't know. I have to check. Anyhow. Um, you feel better? I do, as a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> Although I think it's Nick Nurse, the Nick Nurse Foundation, but it's still the – I remember the first time I saw that, I thought, hmm. Okay, anyhow, Dusty's been around for a long time. He I has. Look forward to, uh, look forward to talking Amazing. to him. Um, it really is. Jeff Blum will join us as well. Awesome. We'll take a look at tonight's, tonight's Astros starter. Luis Garcia, really, really interesting for a variety of reasons, not the least of which is if you remember what his windup was like, you know, and they made all those rules changes and brought everything in, you know, there was a lot of focus on Kevin Gossman and Chris Bassett here, but Luis Garcia was the guy who maybe had to do as big an overhaul as anybody in the game. And um, it hasn't gone... Hasn't gone smoothly for him so far this year. He's had a bit of an issue. So, Jose Barrios and Luis Garcia. It'll be a 
crap ton of candlelight going on in Houston and so. Toronto. Jeff Blum joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fan Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Toronto sports fans. The Fan Morning Show with Ailish Forfar and Justin Cuthbert. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we've got Blue Jays tickets to give away later on in the show. Our trivia question. <laughs> what? I just looked at this. Oh, yeah. We'll talk about the rules changes <laughs> yeah. in the Atlantic Poor League. Poor little minor leaguers. <laughs> well, those aren't minor leaguers. It's league not league. hard enough to get to the to the big leagues. Those are independent dudes. Oh, uh, it's even worse. Like, I like the rule. You do. I like I, the rule. I knew, I knew you would. You lose. I like the rule. Pitcher doesn't pitch five innings, you lose I'm, the DH. I like it. I'm sure there's some smart people running these teams that don't know likey. That, uh, that opener. Bye-bye. Game three of the Astros J series goes tonight. 8-10 first pitch right here on Sportsnet 590 The Fan and Sportsnet and, of course, streaming as well. The Jays will have tomorrow off and then they're uh, in New York to begin a three-game series against the Yankees. Tonight matchup, tonight's matchup, I should say, will be Jose Barrios uh, coming off. A start we showed a bit of anger against the Tampa Bay Rays. And coincidentally or not, his best start in some time. And Luis Garcia, who will be starting for the Astros. And Jeff Blum is the Astros TV analyst and a former World Series champion. Jeff, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself. You know, in spring training, um, reading about some of the rules changes that were being brought in and... You know, I, th- there was a conversation with Kevin Gossman in particular about the the Bach move and all this stuff and, and how he'd been called for a Bach a couple of times last year. He was going to have to change things, et cetera, et cetera. And he made a point, you know, sometimes you almost think as if the rules changes that, that they're looking squarely at you when they do it. Now, I got to tell you, the first guy I thought about with the pitch timer and everything was the guy going tonight for you guys, Luis Garcia, because... I, I, I mean, I think in a lot of ways he's maybe one of the guys most impacted by this. How, how has he? How has he handled the transition to these new rules? Yeah, it's always good to be on with you guys. And yeah, I, I agree with Kevin uh, what he said. It feels like there were there were a couple of pitchers that they particularly uh, pointed out and said that we can't have this anymore. And then they go, well, it's always been in the rule book. It's just never been uh, enforced. And all of a sudden they decide to enforce it, but. When they decide to alter your delivery and they sp- and they specifically use you as a video example in some of the uh, <laughs> meetings that they do have, it mm-hmm. does feel like you're being uh, pointed out. So uh, Gossman with his toe tap, and then you've got Luis Garcia, obviously, with his rock the baby uh, that he called it when he uh, got his delivery going. And that's something that he really developed in the minor leagues to kind of get that, that delivery in rhythm. And obviously, you like to have a little personality, so we, that was his thing. And they took it away from him, and I wish I could sit here and tell you that uh, he, he's going to adjust to it and be just fine because that's how I kind of felt coming out of spring training because the delivery looked a little more simplified, and it looked like it was on time coming you know, coming towards the hitter. But when you start to look at numbers with ERAs in the seven, it kind of you kind of have to look back and go, what's changed? And it's a pretty drastic change when you take away his delivery like that. Is there a particular pitch? 
it's it's affected or is is there a, has he had velocity. to make an adjustment in pitch usage or yeah. as Kevin pointed out velocity I guess would be the first thing I'd wonder mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Well, well, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I think he's down like a mile and a half on his velocity, and it kind of makes you wonder if that was like, you know, that rock the baby was kind of getting the momentum of getting that fastball going downhill. So the fastball has been the first thing I've noticed that's been affected. And then, but his cutter's always been very good. So maybe, you know, losing velocity sometimes on your off speed can make that pitch better and create more breaks. So the cutter's been good. And that's what's been amazing to watch is that he still gets a swing and miss on that cut fastball. But at the same time, when he leaves pitches out over the plate like the fastball with less than a mile and a half, uh, you know, added to it, it seems to be getting hit around because the average against him, you know, well over 300 is kind of, it's, it's a little shocking that he's getting hit that hard, yet he's still able to go out there and get the swing and miss. So he's, he hasn't really been able to get that fastball to be effective in setting up that cutter. Jeff, I, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think last year the Astros started off 7-9 uh, and nine or something, a couple of games under 500, and then they went on a 15-2 and two run. I think that was what it was, mm-hmm. right? That's that's a, that's what I read. Yep, is there, right. are, do you think they're? I don't want to say capable of doing that. It's a lot of pressure on this team, right? It's it's you're the best team. You're supposedly the best team in the American League. Everybody's shooting for you. You know the the bar has been set that this is what you have to do to beat the big bad Astros, right? Are they capable? I guess that's the best way to ask it. Are they capable of going on? In 2023, a 15 and two run. That's what the best teams do: is they separate themselves from everybody else. Are they capable of that? No, you're exactly right. There, there's a couple of differences between last year and this year, and the biggest one is health. Uh, you know, you had a healthy Justin Verlander, you had a healthy Altuve in that lineup. You had maybe some guys that were overachieving a little bit in the bottom part of the lineup, which helped you out. But early on last season, it was really that starting rotation. It was pitching deep into ball games early in April and through May to create those situations where you can go out and win those four to three, three to two type games and win those tight ball games until your offense got clicking. And I'm just, you know, that's the biggest difference for me is that you're not getting that consistency out of the starting rotation. You've seen flashes of brilliance uh, from Hunter Brown in a couple of starts, from Valdez in a couple of starts. But if you start to have those three, four, five guys in your rotation have those hiccups and have those issues, it makes it tough to go on those runs, especially when you're playing the Toronto Blue Jays, Atlanta Braves, Tampa Bay Rays. You know, you've got to be firing on all cylinders. And then you add into that fact that maybe a little bit of the depth of the Astros is being exposed in the sense that when you lose a Brantley, you, you, you lose an Altuve, that you're going to have those guys who are who are capable of backing up, but maybe not being up to that caliber, and that's where your offense kind of falls off. And that's those, those are two things that are working well against what the Astros are trying to do and creating that run to get back into this thing. You know, I also wonder, Jeff, I, I look at this team, and I was looking at Alex Bregman in particular. You know, the dude's played 86 postseason games in his career. career. He's played 30 games in the last three years, 30, 30 extra games, 30 postseason games. And he saw a lot of Astros in the World Baseball Classic. They won the World Series last year. You know, it, 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 I, I, I'm just wondering if maybe what we're also not seeing here is just you know, a compilation of a lot of baseball. Like at some point, God loved Derek Jeter yeah. and the Yankees, but at some point you looked at Derek Jeter and said, I mean, he's wearing down. I mean, he just, he is. That's the the body's just wearing down. A long year is made longer for these guys or shorter in the case of the World Baseball Classic. Shorter offseason, I should say. No, no, I couldn't agree more with you guys. And I mean, obviously, we all know that just because we're getting a little long in the tooth and every day gets a little bit harder. But I can only imagine 
you know, that last year was a lockout year. So everything was pushed back almost, you know, almost a month. It mm-hmm. felt like they had a shortened spring training. They had a sprint through the regular season. And then the final game of the World Series, I believe, was November 4th or 5th. And like you said, you, you add all those things together and then you compress the off season where you really don't have that normal amount of time to recover. And then, like you said, you go into a normal spring training, which it can be extended at times, add the World Baseball Classic to it. You're playing hyper-intense baseball games in the middle of March, and then you've got to go into the regular season. So I think it's logical, and maybe that's something we look at maybe around that all-star break, depending on how these guys are going, and maybe say, you know what, that first month, month and a half, they were just kind of trying to get their legs back under them because of the fatigue that's created in going out there and playing every day. I know that they've got some days off. I think they have every Thursday off for the Astros until June 1st. But at the same time, you know, playing playing every single day, even with one day off a week, it can, it can be taxing. And, you know, those 86 games in that World Baseball Classic, I mean, those are high leverage, high intensity, mentally straining, emotionally straining type games. So it may take them a little bit longer to get, uh, get back into the regular season mode. That's a good point. Jeff, when Jordan Alvarez and Kyle Tucker hangs them up, who do you think has the best career? <laughs> Nice Man, it's a good question. Yeah, good I'd question. never even thought about that just because I'm enjoying the hell out of them right yeah, now. Yeah, you uh, should. Oh, man. Uh, you know what? It's going to be interesting because they're, they're two dynamic players in the sense that Jordan is such a high-power, high-production type guy who's a good defender. But then, you know, it's going to be fun to see where his home run numbers and his mm-hmm. RBI numbers end up. Um, he's going to be a high OPS guy too, because his, you know, his on base percentages are, you know, they're, bo- they're not getting to that Barry Bonds level, but they're similar because he's so good at commanding the zone and taking his walks. But Kyle Tucker could be one of those guys. that's going to be, you know, he could be a couple, you know, 300 home runs and 300 stolen base type guy. I really believe that he's one of those more truly well-rounded type ball players because he's going to take advantage of these bigger bases, pitch clocks, and timing on the bases. He plays a gold glove outfield, and he goes up there and rakes. And I think without these shifts, you know, that's really going to change how they approach the game, too. And I think that's only going to make them better. So those, those batting average numbers might actually rise without the shift being employed against them. But we're in a great pocket right now uh-huh. watching these guys play. They've got Jordan locked up for another five or six years. I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that with Kyle Tucker with the way this market's moving. Let, let me ask you a, another way. If it had to be one at bat, you needed one at bat, one hit, who would get it between the two? Mm. I'm going Jordan Alvarez yeah. because the zone the zone control is so good. His, his, he's got a, these guys have high-functioning brains in the box, too, they man. They're, 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 you know, they'll fell off a pitch. They'll see a pitch. If they chase one, they won't chase it the next time. Uh, but, you know, just considering – what Alvarez can do with the baseball and what we've seen in the past in some big moments, that's why I put him out Jeff, there. Jeff, T- Tucker fouled him off his knee. The next pitch, he hits a single Ooh. to right. That's all you need to know. Yeah, what's wrong with these guys? How it's come crazy. we couldn't do that? Uh, that's a great question. <laughs> I'm jealous. No, I, I'd, be, I'm a, I'd be on the floor of the dugout right now, you know, rubbing and spit and, ch- ch- you know, sunflower seeds all over me crying right then. I don't know how he did it. I mean, uh, hey, one of the things the Astros did so well last year going into the playoffs, Jeff, was they kept their bullpen fresh, right? And, I mean, most of the playoff teams last year did yeah. that. They got a lot of innings out of their starting pitchers. They kept their bull, bullpen fresh. Now, there's no Verlander this year. 
Uh, Lance McCullers Jr. will be coming back. Are, is that, are, are the Astros, this may be an unfair question, are the Astros going to be able to do that this year? Do they have enough arms to try to replicate that so that when they do get to the postseason, that bullpen is as fresh as it was last year? Yeah, I, I hope they do because last year was such a beautiful model of actually extending your starting staff when you have the horses to go do that because it made that bullpen that much better. Mm-hmm. Um, this season's going to be a little bit more of a struggle because you do lose that Verlander who, you know, whether you believe it or not, having a guy like that at the front end of your rotation really kind of sets the tone. And you believe it or not, it, it really rubs off on the guys that follow him because you watch him go out there and work to get through six innings, whether it's, you know, whether it's immaculate or whether it's, you know, he's got to work around damage. He finds a way to get into that sixth, seventh inning. And then the bullpen takes over and you have these guys that are just one inning wonders that can go out there and shut games down. But this season, it's going to be a little bit different. You know, it's been interesting, you know, everybody's focusing on Hunter Brown at the back end of the rotation. And he's actually done a really good job the last two starts in, and working through some damage. His last outing, he had errors made behind him. He had a couple of defensive uh, miscues behind him. And he, he really went out there and found a way to fight through that. So he's kind of learning how to do that. And then you've got Framber Valdez, who's really good at it. But I want to see it from the Luis Garcias. I want to see it from mm-hmm. the Jose Urquides. And, you know, I think Christian Javier can become that guy. Mm-hmm. If he's able to command his fastball and really work off that pitch, I think he can extend himself. But man, we got spoiled rotten last season with those guys going six and seven innings, and it's going to be hard to replicate that. And I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know if they have the depth, to be honest, because if they do have, you know, if they do have a hiccup or they got to replace a guy in that rotation, I'm kind of curious where that guy's going to come from. When Alex Bregman is at his best, what's he doing? You know what? He, well, he's already playing. I think he's playing a gold glove defense to start the season. Mm-hmm. So I give him credit in that sense because he's off to such a slow start offensively. So I mean, I, he, he's always been a hard worker. He can separate offense from defense. So he's not carrying some of those at bats to the, to the defensive side. But I think he's, I think he is going to be that 280, maybe 15 to 20 and maybe 75 to 90 RBI guy. If he's right, I think you're going to get that consistently from him. It's just unfortunate that, he has these slow starts and he has to be so dominant for the next five, you know, the next four or five months to try and make up and compensate for that slow April. But I think he had, he definitely has the potential to be that guy. Well, I'm a really good of you to join us, man. Thanks so much. Always appreciate Thanks your insight. Oh, you guys are a good time, man. I appreciate it. Thank Take you. care. Jeff Blum, Astros analyst joining us on Blair and Barker. I was just watching yeah. Tucker. I was watching Tucker hit last night, and this I, is why I asked the question yeah. about between him and Alvarez. T- t- Tucker can change the game everywhere. When you're a 30, 30, 30 guy, 30 doubles, 30 home runs, you can drive in 100 runs. And also, because there's no shift anymore, you could hit 300. I mean, I mean, it's I, it's a legitimate question on who would have now when push comes to shove, and I need that giant hit in the I playoff think you game. Answered I'm your going own with question. Alvarez. I, I think he, both but of you guys. Holy said, moly! Over like, over the course of Tucker's career, providing Tucker he stays healthy, providing he stays healthy, Tucker's second. career numbers are going. Oh. If he stays healthy, Tucker's career numbers are going to be amazing. But right now, today, 
if I need someone to get a hit and win well, a game, we've seen it. Jordan Alvarez, fresh might, in our mind, we've Jordan seen Alvarez it, right? might be in my top five. We've seen in him baseball. take ninety nine from a lefty and go dead central. Yeah. So we've seen it, and it's fresh in our mind. But man, Tucker, the things he does offensively is just, and he does it with no batting gloves. He just it looks like, how do you do it? Looks like you look awkward a little. Like he's just, you're all sort of legs and you're bony, and it's just like, how are you doing this? Yeah. And you get up and bat the ball skills and. Ball comes off your bat, and you can hit lefties, you can hit righties, you can hit velocity, you can lay off a breaking ball. Like, I mean, I gotta, he's legit. I want to ask you now that we've seen the Astros. That's for, what to, this, I'll make the ahead. last. This yep. is what two lefties in your lineup are supposed to look like. That's what balance. I mean, I yeah. hate to say it that way, well, but yeah. that's what it's supposed to look like. Yeah, uh, but you've also got you know, two, two All Star left handed hitters. I know that, but that's what it's supposed to look like. Um, you can't have everything. I understand. Unless you're the Yankees. So you've seen Alex Bregman up close now twice. What are you seeing from him offensively? I, I was going to ask Jeff about the banging of the trash cans, but well, I really didn't know how to word it in a way that, you if know, you read it's, it's, it's Evan, uh, disrespectful to the, for the player. I think there is a little bit there, right? I, th- I think Jason Stark talked about this. Evan Drellick's book on the Astros. I mean, if you read that book, the two guys who seem to have profited from it the most are Breg- are Bregman and in a certain degree George Springer as well seem to be the two yeah. guys that have profited from it. Now that, that doesn't mean anything other than the fact that that's but I I get I get back to Bregman and I I really do think there's something here. I understand guys are in great shape. I understand that guys you've got personal trainers, right? You've got you got you got khakis with medical degrees telling you what you're supposed to do in the off season no or not. Question. But Kevin, you know what? And he that's had, he a lot. Of, that's a hell of a lot of extra pressure on a dude. No question. But but he's earned it. He's earned the pressure. He he was a part of it. He could have said no. I don't want no, it. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I'm talking about just. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about playing the extra games that come with being get, with being I, a postseason I, team. Is that what you're going with? And I, I mean, I, that may, yeah. maybe with the pitchers and now the pitch clock, pitch timer, and you got that. And your conditioning has to be so great, and your mental game early in a season. I give you that. I also, These are elite athletes. I, I also wonder with I, Alex it's a Bregman. Bit of an excuse. I also, no, that was not an excuse. It no. is. You, think Derek, you don't think it affected Derek Jeter? Will tell you it, it didn't affected look like him. it. Didn't look like it. Sure it. as hell he did. Figured it out. The end of his career. Well, are I you mean, telling everybody, me? That's what everybody's supposed to look like at the end of your career. Yeah, I know. Everybody's but, supposed but, to look that way. But the point is, that's that's a lot of extra baseball. It's and I mean a different sport, but you look at hockey. Chicago Blackhawks fell off the face of the earth because they were so successful. At some point, you just can't play an extra. You can't play all those extra games. Maybe I, I just I just don't think you can. I think but I also think I also think with Alex. I also I've, think with Alex Bregman, good. you may be on the verge of a change of scenery. Guy, he might need something to light a fire again. He's won a World Series there. He's part of the furniture. He's won a couple of World Series. I mean, there. He's part say, of the furniture. He had, he had a decent playoff run for him last year so you can give him a little bit of that he does have an odd stance right you can see that he's a he's a top hand guy which there's not too many i of also those. think i also think that that not having altuve there has really affected the captain hey, obvious but not having altuve there has affected that lineup you know you look at a, at a lineup that might have had good, altuve and Payne at the top or something like it's a lot better than what you're getting right now hitting in the 320s i mean he's been good too leading off i mean yeah, he's a, not again veteran guys He's Sometimes not I think you step back and go, you're just not getting it done. Stop making excuses about how much you played in the playoffs. And, I don't think that's an and, excuse. And, and, I just, and who's hitting in front of you or behind you. That. That's, that's, not, that's, that's little... not making an excuse for somebody. That's pointing something out. It's not making an excuse for somebody. 
it, it, it's just not. It's uh, pointing uh, something out. Maybe that's the reason why he's a slow starter. Maybe you're onto something there. I don't know. Maybe. But he does, it, it's, yeah, it's just a, uh, it's a different lineup, man. It's a it different is. lineup with, with, without him hitting, without Altuve. And, and I got to tell you something else. I know the guy, uh, Jose Abreu doesn't do it for me, man. I'm, I'm sorry. He does not do it for me. Like I understand, Boy, I understand Yuli Gurry. I understand Yuli Gurriel did not have a great year last year, but I, I think they, you need to let that play out. I think really, man. Yeah, I, really, I really. Know. He's gonna drive in close to a hundo again. Yeah, I don't know. Really, man. you want to bet me? I, I think at some. I think that's a guy that at some point is just gonna. Whoosh, fall off the face of the wow. earth. Wow, boy, you are on a roll. I mean, I, you could sell that with Brandon Belt thing. You could sell that to me. And, oh, by the way, the, the at-bat last night, what inning was that? And I wrote this down. because this I, a Brandon Belt thing? Segue? Uh, yeah, not really, but I do want to mention that the, the reason why, and I think to your point that you were trying to make yesterday, is Abreu came in throwing 99 with sliders. Mm-hmm. You got a couple of righties, right? You got a couple of guys on base. You got a runner on third base with less than two outs. He takes two good pitches to hit. He swings at a non-competitive pitch for strike three. That's what you're talking Talking about is you need that wanted bat against a really tough righty when the righties that are coming up, and the guy he, in front of you gave up himself with two strikes to get a sack fly to move yeah, a guy to third base. That's a good point. To have you have a better competitive at bat and you didn't. That for me is that's not why acceptable. I, you you can't handle that long. Like I'm sorry. You're here for the reasons that you saw yesterday in the sixth inning when Kirky moved the dude to third with less than two outs. You take two. Good pitches to hit. Swing at one right out of the hand was a non-competitive pitch for strike three. That's a non-competitive at bat. That's what you can't see too many of. Well, maybe that also goes against my idea that you could bring him off the bench to pinch hit because that would be a situation where you'd bring him off the pinch hit and he couldn't handle it. Anyhow, uh, 416-413-3959 is the back leg line. We're going to go to it right away out of the break. We'll also give away a Jay's tickets with our trivia question right out of the break. And then we're going to set up yes. the man, Dusty Baker at 1130. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 Defense, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Breaking down the top stories in hockey and Elliot Friedman every day. The Jeff Merrick Show. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Dusty Baker scheduled to join us in about half an hour. Barker's favorite manager. Absolutely. And also a man is close. Also a man who sent him down to the minors. He did, but I, I would gladly take it because of the way he did it. We'll talk about that with Dusty Baker. Uh, 8-10 tonight is first pitch. Game three of the Astros series on Sportsnet 590. The fan of Sportsnet, Jose Brios. No, yes, Jose Brios oh, against boy. Luis Garcia. Don't you let can it say his you. name. <laughs> Jose, 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 Jose. We've got a couple of tickets to give away to uh, see the Jays and the Braves. Ooh, why did Braves. I just? They why did really I just good. lose this? There, eight in a row they've won. Yeah, Braves are awfully good. Uh, we've got a couple of tickets we'll give away in a in a. Well, actually, no. Let's do it right now. And no, there's some stuff we're going to talk about. Then we'll All go right. to the back leg line of four one three, four one six, what four one three three nine five nine. We'll get to the back what? leg line in a few minutes. Just be quiet. What do you want to talk about the uh, rules? changes in the Atlantic League this year because the Atlantic League is the uh, what are you doing? What are you and Lance? <laughs> no, no, 
Nobody listening to that will call the right number. 416 413. I changed it. I said 31. It's 416 413 3959. I changed it. Jesus, God. Major League Baseball uses the Atlantic League to test uh, rules changes. Now they've got a couple. They're they're bringing back the double hook, which was actually given the name was given by our friend Jason Stark. That allows teams to use the DH throughout the game as long as a starting pitcher throws at least five innings. If that doesn't occur, bye bye DH, and the pitcher spot would bat for the remainder of the game. Uh, this is a rule that was used in the Atlantic League last year. I like that rule. There's also a single disengagement rule, which means the pitcher can only take their foot once off the rubber for at-bat to attempt to Man. pick off or reset the pitch clock. Don't know how That's I feel about much. that. That's too much. And the designated pinch runner, I don't like. It's a rule that allows the players not in the starting lineup to be used at any point in the really? game as a substitute base runner. Uh, I, I don't like I don't like, like either one of those. Well, I like the double hook for this you reason. Do? I'll tell you why. Because... This goes back to something Rob Manfred said a couple of weeks ago when he basically started talking about analytics and how there are people there are people in the game who worry about the encroachment of it. It's too much. Too much, which is, it is. Which, I mean, it's nonsense. But, I mean, you can't stop technology. You can't. Embrace it. You can't tell people that once people start. I mean, you just can't. Now, what I would do if it's they me. Eliminate the shift. So what I would do if it's me. Personally, I would put a limit on what teams can spend on Maybe. analytics, which is, hey, they do it in F1. You can only spend a certain amount of money on, te- on, on, on improving your car. You can only do it at, the certain, at certain times of the year. Mm. So if you really want to do that, I would, put a, I, would, I would cut down on how much money teams spend in analytics. I'd cut down how, man, how many people they can employ in the analytics side. That's just me. I mean, if, you want, if you're worried about it, which... You know, the commissioner's talking about it. He seems to be worried about it. Well, mm-hmm. then do something about it. But I also think that what this does, this rule does in a lot of ways, I think what you're seeing the commissioner do and Theo Epstein and the people in the commissioner's office is they're trying to More sort action. of, they're trying to bring the game back to the field and take it out of the analytics suite. They're trying to bring the game in other words, who came up with the idea that you, you pitcher wasn't going to see, you weren't going to let a dude see the, see the lineup the third time through? Right. But, and, and I'm sure there are people in baseball, Jeff, other managers have said, I, I'm sure at some point Earl Weaver looked out and said, you know, this guy is not as good the third time through as he was the first two times through. I, I mean, I'm sure there are people that come up to that, come up with that conclusion. But my point is, I think what... The commissioner is trying to do is as much as possible have what happens on the field determine what moves can be made. And linking things, linking pitching usage or the usage of pitchers to something else that almost penalizes a team for trying to be too cute with its pitching. That's where we're going. I don't think this rule will come into effect, but I think we're getting a sense of what baseball wants to do here as much as possible. And this isn't a matter of, I mean, because I mean, hockey has a stupid debate between analytics people and anti-analytics people. It's dumb. Analytics is part of sports, period. It's never going away. And that it shouldn't go away because with all the technological advances we've made and everything, it's, you know, it's more, more information is generally better. 
But I think what you're seeing the commissioner do is in some ways is trying to gain control, take control away from the analytics folks and put it back in in the hands not of the sure people who determine it. what happens. I'm on not the sure field. you can have it both ways. You're either all, you're either most See, of I disagree. way all in or you're not. I disagree. You, there's, uh, you. When, when, when's, when's it too many rules? I'm when, not talking about because no, this is what this no, is. You're going wrong. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm talking. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not talking about rules. It doesn't matter. What's too many? What they do you mean? The NFL. Matter. What's a catch in the NFL now? Most popular game in the planet. What's a catch? Do you know what a catch is? Both feet are down. Not apparently not. <laughs> you're talking to someone who cheered for the Vikings for a while. Trust me, nobody knows what the hell a catch is. Anyhow, I, I want. I I kind of like the idea. You do. I like the idea. I like that. And you know what? And the thing is, hey, if you're I think if you're starting if your starting pitcher comes out in the fourth uh, inning, I how was... many times is the pitcher's turn in the at bat gonna come up? I mean, Kevin Maybe Gosman could have came out in the first inning the sure. other day. Sure. Yeah. Sure. So it's not it's not the DH's fault. Tough titty if he comes out in the first <laughs> inning. You it's gotta not, work your way around it. The, I mean, I'm serious. The, it's not the team's fault. Well, the guy had a bad first inning. No, it he's isn't. A, he's not an opener. But you know what? But there it they're is. They're trying to get basically there trying to get rid of the opener. There it is. That's what they're trying to do. Well, they're trying. That's to get, what they're trying. No, to do. they're trying. That's what they should say. They are trying to eliminate as many pitching changes as possible because pitching changes that's, slow down the game. That's the pitch that's timers done to. that. Anyhow, I think it's an interesting. You do? Yeah. And uh, I don't. It'll, it'll never change because, uh, you know, now you're now you're starting to talk about how pe- players get paid and all this stuff and and you know they. Good luck saying to DH, you know, you're two for two, but you got to grab some pine because numb nuts out there couldn't get through the fifth inning, right? Anyhow, um, let's go to the trivia script. What else are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about the Rays. Jeffrey Springs done for the year, and then they bring That's up some kid from it is, and then they bring up some kid from the minors who's just as good. Is that odd? It's not. It's not. No. And Casey Lawrence could come up here and do it for the oh, Blue Jays. No, I don't. Probably not. Clayton Kershaw got his 200th career win. Is that a big deal for you? 200 career wins? Nah. Um, Of course not. Eight straight wins for the Braves. We already talked about that. All right, let's give away uh, tickets to see that. Speaking of the Braves. Are you you a believer of this? I heard Buck Martinez say the other day, a starting pitcher's job is decisions. You a believer of that? Give the team a chance to win? A decision. Starting pitcher's Decisions like basically go deep in games. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, that's what Clayton Kershaw well, did, and you're saying no to 200 me, innings no, 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 or 200 wins. Let me finish. No, no, no. Let me finish. Starting pitcher's job is to give me as many innings as possible. That's his job. That's his. Don't job. Don't they sort of go hand in hand? Not necessarily. If nobody hits, it doesn't matter. Well, if they're getting, if they're going deep in games, that probably would mean on a good that team. they're keeping the other team from scoring a lot of runs. Which may basically you'll be on a better team probably on a good and team. You'll win games. Doesn't matter if you're going for if you're with the Arizona Diamondbacks or if you're the Pittsburgh Pirates and you're and you're you're racking so up. I just innings. don't like it that innings? you're so quick to 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 downplay. That a left-handed pitcher, I don't care who he plays for, because that's what everybody will say. I, he's been on great teams with the Dodgers. Yeah, he has. But he's been a great pitcher, and he's left-handed. Innings pitched innings pitched, and strikeouts are all I care about from starting pitchers. I'm sorry. And ERA. But and all, but, but wins, no. I Pitching wins, no, I don't. I, I don't want to have that discussion about pitching wins. I don't want to have that discussion about pitching wins. I don't believe a pitcher single-handedly wins a game. How about that? Don't think it happens. Unless he 
tosses a complete game and hits a home run and you win one nothing. Then he single handed. Funny how you complain about Barrios giving up seven runs in the third inning. Just saying. What's that got to do with anything? Because he ain't giving his team a chance to win. And then you talk about losses. Well, why was the main reason why they lost? Did Jose Brio, he wasn't any good. Did Jose Brios have a good year last year? No. What, how, what was the Jays' record in games? 23 and 9 or something? Anyhow, we've got tickets to give away. Didn't think I knew the answer to that, did you? I did. But it, you just made my point. <laughs> huh? I would just yeah, it's not their fault, right? It's the again, it gets back. It's not Clayton Kershaw's fault that he's won 200 games. I, I think that's kind of cool that a left-handed pitcher can win that many games. I, it's not the be-all end-all, but it's something. Uh, we've been giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker. This is a great question. Whether you're listening on the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 590-590. Okay, 200 wins. Save it. No. Too late. Hurt my feet. Yesterday's question and answer was, which Blue Jays player led the team in RBI during the 2022 AL wildcard series against Seattle? And what did I say? If the jacket fits, wear it. It was Teoscar Hernandez with four RBI. Today's question is to win tickets to see the Jays and Braves down at the Rogers Center great, in May 12th. It's a great question. It is. If you're under 30, just don't even bother trying. Which Braves player was ruled safe when he dove back into second base, but should have been the third out in a triple play in game three of the 1992 Braves Blue Jays World Series? Folks, if you're over 40, this is a, this is a guaranteed win, even though I didn't get it. Brain fart. Which Braves player was ruled safe when he dove back into second base? but should have been the third out in the triple play in game three of the 1992 Braves Blue Jays World Series. Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. All right, let's go to the back leg line. The number is 416-413-3959. Davey in Mississauga. I have, a, I guess, a, a question about the, the second base scenario with Espinal and Biggio not really hitting and also amplified by the fact that Brandon Belt has gone up to a slow start. Do you think there's any urgency to bring up Barger if he gets off to a really hot second half of April or really hot top of uh, the May month? Um, love the show. Keep it going, boys. Yeah, thanks, Davey. Short answer, no. I'm with you. We talk a lot about this. Yeah. I mean, not sure what the right answer is. I do know Espinal. Yeah, I don't, and I don't mean to. I don't mean Espinal to be flipping a home about run. It. Yeah, he played second yesterday with a righty on the mound. I think that's all you need to know. I was going to say, um, yep. They they are they are begging somebody to take that job where John doesn't have to answer the question yeah. anymore or figure out who he's going to out of the three name he's going to write in the lineup. He's begging for it, please, to the player himself. Yeah. You hit a homer, you're playing the next day. I don't care who's pitching. He's begging them to figure it out on their own. Mm -hmm. And I think that's sort of what's going to happen here, one way or the other. Yep. How's that? I think that we is talk a lot. We talk a lot about that. Perfect. Well, don't we? For, for a guy, for whoever that is hitting eighth. Mike in Oshawa. This is a question for Kevin. Good Can you I'll explain leave. to me what it means for a hitter to bridge? A pitcher. Home run. Uh, Jeff was talking about it earlier today, and I've never heard that term before. Thanks a lot. I love your show. It's a good question. Both you guys. Thank you very oh, much. Thank you. Thanks he threw me. you in there. It wasn't on purpose. No, I know it He's, wasn't. Although it's interesting. It's something I said. He did. Bridge is a homer. 
and but it's hitting a, a home run. Yeah, hitting a home run like bridging a guy, right? Yeah, going over top of. Yeah, yeah, like a screaming liner. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a good question. It is a good question. Sometimes That's we a great, speak it's a also, language that nobody understands on this show. It's, also, it's, it's okay. Also, it's also a great baseball word. It is. I mean, it's it it just is to bridge it is. somebody. It is. I I who did I get that from? Who was the okay here? It's a great question. Who I got that? From? Where did get it down, get it singing? Where did that come from? Joey Votto. Uh, what? Joey Votto. Really? Yeah. When I was with the Ritz. Get it down, get it. I'd singing. pinch it. He'd wide walk by him. Get it down, get it singing. Okay. Joey Votto. I didn't know that. There you go. Squish the bug. That's me. Oh. I mean, that's that's been around forever. Like that's sort of known once you yeah. play. You know, every coach goes to that squish the bug because you want to be soft with it, right? You don't want to yeah. stomp on it. You want to be and then. You have to turn, right? Rotate. Yeah, so you really uh, squish it and get the guts go. come out there. and then everything. Yeah. There you go. That's a good question, the though. green and yellow oh, stuff seems We appreciate out. you paying that much attention to the show. That's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, it's not. And to Jeff. I was gonna not say, everybody does. Not everybody does. <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that is. I don't sometimes. <laughs> when you, especially when you start yelling at me. Truer words have never been spoken. What's this with no name? It, folks, if, you, if you're going to call up at 416-413-3959, leave your name. Like, seriously. It's not Twitter. It must be bad. It's not Twitter. Leave your name. Fair to I, mean, I already got your number, so I'll call back if you say something <laughs> stupid anyhow. No name in Ontario with a no-name question. I was just thinking, what are your thoughts on putting Kevin Kiermeyer in leadoff and having Springer clean up? Can't wait to hear your response. Thanks. Love the show. No. I'd hit him second and move Bichette down to clean up at some point, but that ain't happening. Might happen. I'll put Kiermaier second. Lefty bats be. I mean, I, I would, there's no chance I'm moving Springer. No. Not a chance. You no. brought here, him here to lead off. I mean, we, they they did that last year when he got hurt. He came back. There was guys that were hot. Simeon was hot. You're not going to move around the order. Rock the boat, yeah. right? You don't want to mess up a good thing. They're playing in a minor league park. He's getting he's hitting I a like, bunch of homers. I like, You're not going to do I that, but he's your leadoff hitter. I like old George exactly where he is right now. Leading off, too. playing right field. I do, too. I look out there, and I'm going to knock on wood. Give me your head. I'm going to knock on wood. But I look out there, and for the first time since he's been a Blue Jay, I'm not doing this. You're not every, worried. I'm not doing this every time he feet? goes back on a Don't ball. Don't look at the TV. Did he leave his feet? Yeah. I'm, I'm Just leave old George where he is. Old George is just fine. No I'm name in I'm Quebec. So this would be Pod de Nam, huh? Oh, no name in Quebec. Is that Pod de Nam? Pod de Nam? Don Quebec? I don't know. Pod de Nam. Sonno? Sonno. Sonno. S-A-N-S-N-O-M. No name in Quebec. Sonno. No name in Quebec. Do we think that the Jays have what it takes to beat Garrett Cole at home next week on that stint against the New York Yankees? Absolutely. Not a chance in hell. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of a loaded question. No, I mean, it Garrett, is, Garrett it is Cole a loaded has gotten question. off to a really good start. Yeah, and is Alec Manoa... Alec Manoa's uh, uh, is he pitching this Saturday? He's pitching Saturday? Yeah. Alec Manoa's pitching I, Saturday? I'll tell you what. I got a feeling. Really? I got a feeling Alec Manoa's going to. What are you basing that off of? Is it a, is it a hunch? Just, 
just covering yeah, it's up. An, oh, it's an just, O two uh, hit and run. Just, is it a hunch? Just covering up for what the. Just covering <laughs> up for it. the. Just covering up for the fact that I said no chance uh, yeah, out of the gate. Yeah, no, I got a hunch because their lineup's really good and they can run into ones. And he gives up homers. He's so sometimes, good, especially at he, he is really, is, really good. He's filthy right now. Fastball command, the velocity of that thing looks like it's got a little later life to it. He's keeping it in the yard a little bit better. He's mad. He's throwing this year like he's a little he's bit a little mad upset. at people, which yes. is I, which adds a little different element to it. I I know it's I you roll your eyes at that. No, I'm not rolling my I eyes. I do at a it. little. I do a little. I think he's. But it's it seems like every time he throws, he's he's almost like he's got something to prove. It's awfully early in the season for him trying to be proving something, but no chance. They always got a chance at sports. String together some hits. Well, not I, everybody I, has a chance. I, I, I do. I do think one of the lefties. Got to do something against him. Yeah. How about that? He's been real tough on righties. Fred in Halifax. Love Halifax. Nova Scotia. Shout out to Nova Scotia. Fred in Halifax. With all the troubles the starters have been having uh, on the first couple of innings, uh, any thought to their um, their warm-ups, uh, how they're taking warm-ups, who they're pitching to in the pen? Are they getting ghost batters in the pen? Uh, does the catcher in the pen just say, oh, my God, you just don't have it today? Uh, is there any thought to that at all? Because they seem to have trouble with the first innings. Uh, it's like they're not warming up enough or not uh, their warm-ups just aren't aren't working for them. Thanks. Have a great day. Love the show. That's a tremendous question, Fred. I, I have asked that question before, and you get 35 different answers. Uh, it is sort of a little bit to each his own, right? The guys are married to routines. Most of the guys that are in that rotation have had success doing it one way. It will take a lot to rock the boat. I know you say Kikuchi throws more. He throws a couple of bullpens between starts. I tend That's to think a change. It's, I tend to think it's it more is, what dudes between do between starts uh, yeah, than what yeah. they do in the yeah, bullpen. Yeah, I think the day so they too. Pitch. Right, uh, ghost hitters. Yeah, that's odd. Maybe another catcher, bullpen catcher, will stand up there if a guy is really trying to break something off to tell you what it looks like just to get it to where he wants it to start. It's rare. So, Fred, it's a great question. I, I do think it's very hard for guys to go away from routines. Yeah, I know that. You don't want to panic. It's almost a panic move if you do it, right? I, I think I've it, tried everything else. This is the last resort. I just don't think they're there yet to do that. Now, years ago, years ago, back when I covered baseball, <laughs> um, there was a thing. Joe Kerrigan would do this sometime when he was the Montreal Expos pitching coach. He would go on to be the Boston Red Sox manager. But there was a thing where you would essentially pitch, especially if you were you were pitching at home, and so therefore, <clears throat> pardon me, you'd be on the mound first. You would essentially pitch an inning yeah. in the bullpen where mm-hmm. it would be scripted, right? So it'd be like, yeah, whatever. So you would literally, sometimes they put a pitching dummy there, uh, a hitting dummy there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Absolutely. no jokes, but sometimes they put a hitting dummy there yeah, or yeah. the pitching coach himself would stand in left side, right side, and you would script it and you would script an inning, right? So that yeah, you would, yeah, you'd yeah. get, you'd get, you'd get heated up yeah. to come into the game. I, I, do, I don't know if they, I don't know if they do that anymore. I do think the pitch timer has added a little different element to it, right? Manoa trying to get on the same page with Kirky. Gossman tried to do that a little bit too, not worrying about the bulk, the mechanics thing. He's been really good up until the, his last start, right? Bassett is a, he's needy with that thing, right? He just doesn't know what's, I mean, it's gotten a lot better, but <laughs> Getting on the same page as quick as you can, as early as you can. And I do think, again, I get back to that game planning with the pitch timer is a thing now. I laughed. I rolled my eyes. What are you kidding me? You're an old guy. Shouldn't you know already? 
I do think it's a thing, so they're going to use that a little bit better. And Jose Barrios and Yusei Kikuchi, look, they've been all over the map. They've been obviously better in their last couple of starts. You know, Bassett or Yusei Kikuchi's been better most starts, and Barrios hopefully has turned the corner. So, Fred, that is a tremendous question, and I have not seen that. And I'm assuming they're not going to be public with a lot of these things because that shows panic. It really, really does. So, I I tend to think it's more more what you do between – I do too. Yeah, when nobody's around, they can't see those things. They may add a different, you know, if your velocity's dipped, you know, conditioning wise, you're trying to hurry up with your arm speed and, and, you know, release point. You just can't figure it out and you want to do more instead of less. You may add an extra bullpen. One of the things that has been puzzling about Manoa is about Alec Manoa and and Buck has has made this point. As a former catcher and a former manager, one of the things. I've noticed about Buck Martinez is he's always interested in what a dude's done in his side session and pays particular attention to what a guy's done in his side session. Yeah. And yeah. And, and he, he, he's made, he made, he's made the point a couple of times that Pete Walker and Manoa have been happy with what they've seen out of the side sessions, which I find interesting because that's, that makes it even more puzzling to me that the results wouldn't be there in a game. Now, I understand mm. the game is different. It's, a, you know, side sessions, one thing, empty stadium, you and the pitching coach and the catcher, you know, you're probably not even in uniform. You may be throwing. They're in uniform. They're in uniform in their side session. Okay, pardon me. Because uh, I've seen. There's no jersey. No jersey. I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Yes. No mm. jersey. Just mm. but sweat top or whatever. No jersey. But okay. So they're in uniform. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's different than going out having 40,000 people and looking at you and screaming at you or cheering for you. Yeah. I get all that. But that, in some ways, puzzles me even more. Because we don't, you know, I'm not saying they have to tell us everything they do in their side sessions, obviously. But generally, you get a, you get a pretty good idea whether or not a dude's side sessions have gone well or not. It's one of those things where guys will kind of, so that, that I, I don't know what that means. He's had good side sessions, and I I tend to believe Buck when he says that. But man, it just doesn't it 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 doesn't well, transfer what, what, into the what, game. What have, what have we seen? First game of the year is a lot of fans. It's opening day. You want to throw harder. It's not so much about that. It's controlling the emotions. It's between the years. Home We've seen Manoa go all over the place. Right, sort of the playoff game we saw. Yep. He's fired up. It's sort of all over the place. Right. We didn't see the best Manoa. Now for me, it's obvious. It's mechanical. Right. He needs to sit in his okay. legs a little bit better. He doesn't stand as tall, and that in turn will you will see the uptick in velocity. That's what it's for me. You hear, you hear these guys talk about velocity a lot because it matters. Like, they need to know if my velocity is right here with my fastball, everything else will take care of itself. That means I'm sitting in my legs. That means my release point and where I'm landing with my front foot is where it should be. I'm getting great and extension. He's got better extension this year than he did last year, Manoa does. So it's not that. It's just for me, release point. Because he's fallen off to the first base side more, the balance is a little off. When he releases the ball, he's just too tall. And he needs to be more in his legs. And let's be clear that when ground up, when we talk about velocity, he's not searching for an extra five miles an hour. No. He's just searching to get back to where he was one, last year. One or year, two makes right? it, is, allows him to get away with bad sliders. Yep. Yep. Uh, thanks so much to the, for, to those of you who sent in those questions again, the back leg line, four, one, six, four, one, three, three, nine, five, nine. We visit it every day. We do. We go through it every day. We uh, collate the best callers. 
but please leave your name. It's just going to personalize it a little we bit. We want to say hi. We want to say hi. We do. We do. Give you credit. Absolutely. Well, I don't know about that, but well, we do want to say hi. Dusty Baker is manager of the world champion Houston Astros. Boy, that sounds good to say. I I, I, I don't think I've ever been as happy for like a manager who doesn't manage a team that I covered that I'm covering at that point to have success as I was. I was happy last year. We were we were I was. we were giddy. We were beside not for ourselves. the Astros, but for him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Dusty Baker joins us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The most opinionated Maple Leaf show out there. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. 810 will be the first pitch tonight. Is 810. Oh, I know, like you. Man. It's like 1130. I can't get to sleep till like 1. Gotta get up at 515. Way. 810 is the first pitch tonight as the Jays and Astros wrap up their three game series at Minute Maid Park. Luis Garcia on the mound for the Astros. Jose Barrios for the Blue Jays. The Jays have tomorrow off. They start a three game series against the Yankees in the Bronx on Friday. And then they'll be back home to take on the White Sox and the Seattle Mariners. Oscar Hernandez should get a nice welcome when he gets back here. Should. Do the right thing. Um, Think you'll have a video on the scoreboard? Probably. 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 It it would be really good if uh, the... uh, Cleanup situation was solved by the time <laughs> he got here, so we don't have to. It's match heaven. It's been solved. So we don't have to have that discussion. Be really good. But you, I, you made the point. Like, you know, everybody's saying, oh, you got this, you got to get rid of him. You got this, you got that. But a lot of RBIs, a lot of home runs. Uh, 25 and 80. Where's it coming from? Yes. Uh, we're going to be joined in a few minutes by Dusty Baker, manager of the Houston Astros. Um, and this is going to be a real treat for both of us. Absolutely. If you've heard the show, you know the high regard we uh, we hold Dusty, Dusty Baker, in. And uh, he is manager of the Houston Astros. He's manager of the defending world champion Houston Astros. Dusty Baker joins us on Blair and Barker. Dusty, thanks so much for joining Kevin and myself today. Didn't get a chance to see you in spring training um, let me add my name to the millions of others. Congratulations Absolutely. on uh, on the World Series win last year, and uh, hopefully you had you had time to enjoy it before we got back into the into the swing of things here. But we we really do appreciate you joining us. Yeah. Well, you know, I had a little time to enjoy it, and uh, then you got to get back to work. And you know, uh, these teams are playing us tough. I mean, especially you guys uh, last night. Uh, you know, that was a heck of a game. I mean, uh, a heck of a game. So uh, it's a little challenging when you are the world champions, as you guys know from years past. And, uh, you know, I've been talking to Cito Gaston the whole time, you know, one of my favorite guys. And, you know, I told Cito that, hey, man, I'd love to match him with back-to-back. Hmm. But, uh, you know, everybody knows that, that it's not easy. Dusty, congratulations. I, I haven't seen you on the field, and I'll try to get there when you come to Toronto and, and shake your hand and say hi. But I don't know if you remember me. I played uh, with you in 2009 when you were the manager of the Reds. And the reason why yeah, I brought man. absolutely the reason why I brought that up was 
is Lance Nix. I don't know if you remember him. Came off the DL. It was called the DL at the time. It wasn't the IL. And I was on the team. Right. You know, I was the first baseman coming off the bench, left-handed hitter. I pinch ran a couple of times. You would run me for a slower guy at second base. I was so proud of that because <laughs> Dusty Baker thought I was a good base runner. But I can remember yeah. that before September rolled around, uh, Lance came off the, the DL, and you had to send me down. And I'd been sent down before. I'd been released before. It didn't go very well, right? It's not a good thing when you get sent down and released. And I can no. just remember when I went in your office, they had a decent relationship with you. It's Dusty Baker, right? I was the right. 24th to 25th guy. I didn't have the best relationship, but I had a good enough one. You called me in your office. There's Bob Marley playing, right? It smelled good. <laughs> uh, it's just, you know, it, yeah. was one, it was one of those situations where you treated me like I was the, you know, I was a Joey Votto of the team. You didn't treat me any differently. And, you know, I was okay to go down, and, and you basically said that, you know, it was, you'll be back. Don't worry about it. You'll be back. Now, I didn't realize it'd be 24 hours later because I think Lance Nix went back right. on the DL, but I can just remember everybody yeah. talks about how great of a guy you are and, you know, what you bring to the game. I can relate to that because I've actually been in the room with you. So, for all the guys that were are the 24th, 25th guy that you've sent down, yeah. we, we appreciate that. That's pretty cool for you to treat us that way. Well, Kevin, you know that's 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 probably the worst part of this job uh, is sending guys uh, out because I've been sent out and uh, I was sent out early in my career and uh, I mean some guys handle it well, some guys uh, uh, you know tell you the truth and some guys you know have lied to you. So I always said, hey man, I'm gonna tell a guy the truth. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna blow smoke. I'm just gonna be as honest as I can. And, and and straightforward and yeah, I remember that. I just saw Lance Nix uh for the first time uh this spring training. He came by with his family and uh you know when guys come by to see you then you knew that you know that you possibly might have treated them right or had a different you know, a, a, a at least decent relationship because you know, the relationship between the the players and the manager is, is like uh you know, it can be great, it can be tenuous, it can change, it can be up, it can be down. And I always told uh, uh, my guys that, you know, the uh, relationship with the manager is kind of like the relationship with your father. You know, I can tell my dad most things, but I can't tell my dad everything. <laughs> and, and, the rela- and the relationship with the coaches should be like your uncle, where you can tell your uncle everything. And he's not going to like it, but at least he's not going to necessarily go back and tell your dad. Because I try to tell my players, get close to the uh, uh, coaches. And I tell the coaches, don't be running and snitching and telling me, you know, well, you know, their their secrets because the players have to have somebody in authority that they that they trust. And usually, you know, that's the coaches. Some of them. You know, Dusty, I've always thought that baseball players and baseball people have to be the most optimistic athletes there are because you can sure fail do. two out of three times and you can still go to the Hall of Fame. Um, it is a game of failure. Everybody says that. And I wanted to ask you, you know, what kept you going? Because I think everybody, everybody gets scars in the game. Everybody collects scars in the game. But what kept you going as a player and what's kept you going as a manager? Well, you know, number one, I didn't love this game when I first came into it. I was, uh, I came into it because my parents got divorced my senior year of high school. I was supposed to go to college and play basketball or football. And so I kind of signed for the money. And uh, uh, I liked baseball. I was good at baseball. But uh, I got to the Braves, and then once I 
got traded to the Dodgers. I hurt my knee playing basketball, and it was almost taken away from me, and I didn't really appreciate, you know, the life, you know, that I was having, actually. And and once I hurt my knee, then I fell in love with baseball. And, uh, you know, what kept me going, you know, was, I mean, it's a great life. You make a great living. Uh, um, you know, then I got divorced. You know, that's always sometimes in our lives, and that's what uh, started me into coaching. I really didn't want to coach. But then uh, Al Rosen um, said I had leadership uh, qualities and skills, and so Al Rosen is the one that came and got me. And then, um, you know, I, I was tutored. Uh, once I got to the Giants, I was kind of tutored by by uh, um, Al Adels and Bill Walsh. And, uh, you know, I, I got advanced lessons and you know that i didn't even ask for or and, and you know most of this was 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 god's work you mm-hmm. know and, uh, the way i look at it and so uh, i was kind of chosen for this and see if you're chosen for something <clears throat> and then you don't adhere to the the fact that you're chosen then they're going to take it away from you give it to somebody else and so uh uh once i realized that 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 I was chosen for this. I mean, most of my life, like I said, I was the oldest of five. I was the captain of most teams I was on. I was uh, 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 the dressed blue honor man in the Marines reserves and boot camp. And so I've always been pushed out front, but I never wanted to be out front. And then once I started accepting uh, uh, the fact that I was chosen to be out front, then, then and only then did I become, you know, semi-successful. Now, what kept me going is I didn't want to be, you know, I, I, I got married to a younger lady. She's 12 years younger than me. I got a younger son. Here I am, 73 years old, and I got a son, 23, that's playing with the Nationals. Well, he kept me going. I got young grandchildren, you know, that are that are trying to get into baseball. And so, you know, they kept me, you know, they kept me young. And then the quest for you know, the quest for a championship, you know, I mean, that, I, I didn't want to be home and, 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 you know, I've, I've been close many times. I don't know why I was fired a few times, but like I said, I was chosen for this job too. So it was just a matter of being in the right place at the right time and then taking the, you know, making the most of the situation. You know, I think back to a couple of times that I've, I, I interviewed you a couple of times that, you know, I covered you in the postseason. I keep thinking back to some of the, the, the things that Steve Bartman, all this stuff that, and, you know, one of the things that always, that has always struck me about you, and I know our, my friend Dave Shinen made this point several times, you never seem to lose your humanity. And that's not, I mean, that's, that's not always the easiest thing to do in pro sports. How did you? How, well, how did you manage you know, to do that? Hey man, I managed because uh, this game I've learned will humble you and knock you down. You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. As, as soon as you think that you got it all made and you're on top and you got it all figured out, I mean, this is probably the most humbling game that I've ever uh, been in. I mean, this is much like like life. You know, uh, I mean, this is a game that 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 is as as synonymous to life as as there is, because it's like, uh, hey man, you can't get too high when things are going good, and you can't get too low, you know, when things are are going poorly, and so um, you just have to try to be as even keel as you can, and try to try to be as uh, 
you know, at least externally humble as you can. Dusty, do you have to manage Hello? the yep. Yeah, we're still here. Dusty, do you have to manage the player in today's game, your 26th year as a manager, differently than you did your first year as a manager? <clears throat> well, uh, you know, my first year as a manager, I, I, I was pretty lucky because I was the batting coach um, on the team that I managed first. So, I was the uncle that took the role as, as dad, like I told you before, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, so that was a real, relatively easy transition because I had, I had players that I knew personally, you know, Robbie Thompson's uh, Will Clark and, uh, you know, Kevin Mitchell and, you know, uh, um, uh, Darren Lewis, Royce Clayton. So that was pretty easy. You know, Billy Swift, I knew those guys. Now today's players, um, you know, you, you have to, um, I think you have to talk to them probably more and, and explain things more uh, and, and be more tolerant and patient because most of them have been rushed through the system so fast that they um, still make mistakes that they should, should have learned not to make in the minor leagues. You know what I mean? Throwing to the wrong bases, running at the wrong time. And see, and a lot of times you don't know what they don't know until they mess something up. Then you're like, oh, I can't believe I just saw that. And see, that what used to be taught in the minor leagues to see, I'm not getting on the minor leagues, but when we were coming up in the minor leagues, most of the minor league coaches and managers were older and former players where now uh, um, the, the coaches and, and managers are similar to the age of the, of the players that they're coaching because a lot of them start, start, stopped playing at 24, 25, 26 years old and started coaching. And so uh, I think that's the thing that you have to, um, that's really, really changed that you have to be tolerant, more tolerant and more patient uh, in the fact that, because sometimes uh, you can't blame the children. I mean, you know, if they don't know, they don't know, but Hey, I blame you if I if I tell you and try to teach you, and then you hate seeing the same mistakes again, at least in a short period of time. Dusty, given where the Astros were when you took took them over, and you know everything that 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 organization had gone through, brought on itself in in a lot of cases. Was there any was there any reluctance in your part when they called to take that job? Not really. I mean, you know. I didn't do it. The way I looked at it, I wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So I, I had nothing to do with it. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, the other jobs that I had inherited, you know, they were second division teams. Right. All except when I got to the Nationals, you know, they were they were like a 500 team, but they had been good uh, in previous years before that. And this was the best team talent-wise, even though it had problems that I had that I had inherited in my managerial career. Mm -hmm. So it's like, and I've always liked Houston. My, 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 you know, my first wife, uh, family is here. My godchildren was here. My best friend, Ralph Gar was here and they had a good team. And, uh, uh, yeah, that was exciting. I said, well, this is the, this is the best chance I've ever had without having to rebuild a team, you know, to get to the playoffs and the world series. And plus, I was like, okay, this is my last chance because 
you know, there's as much age discrimination in, in baseball as there is any kind of discrimination. Because, you know, right away, if a guy is a certain age, they're like, oh, he's too old or a player's too old. Or, I mean, everybody's pushing uh, young, uh, the older, experienced, you know, people out, mm-hmm. you know, for younger people, which is which is cool. Which doesn't bother me, but you can't push can't push everybody out of us. You don't have anybody with experience. So, uh, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a perfect situation and it's been a perfect scenario, you know, to end my career. Uh, you know, I don't know when, but it ain't far. Dusty, you've been very fortunate to manage some really great left-handed hitters, Barry Bonds, Joey Votto, and now, now Jordan Alvarez. Tell me what makes Jordan dangerous right he walks to the plate it's no doubt everybody stops what they're doing to watch why well you know when you when you think about it he has great balance great vision and he has a very simple you know very simple swing for a big guy you know he doesn't have a lot of unnecessary movement and he has a very short stroke uh you know for a big guy most big guys have 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 longer strokes and and then and then the longer the stroke, you know, the harder it is to, uh, uh, you know, to get your timing together. You know, the shorter the stroke, uh, uh, the easier it is to get your timing in a short period of time. And what he did in spring training, with only seven eight at bats and start the season off the way he did, I that was unbelievable to me because I've had a couple of times when I I didn't have any spring training and I felt like when I got to the plate, guys were throwing a thousand miles an hour, and so. Uh, the only two people that I've seen that that could go to spring training and not have spring training were were Dick Allen and Benito Santiago, you know, whom I had. So, uh, you know, this guy's going to get only better and better. We have to take care of of, of him. Um, I'm hoping that he didn't twist his ankle too bad last night because, you know, with our overall uh, lack of offense, well, lack of. Uh, uh, consistent offense, uh, you know, we certainly need him tonight against the powerful uh, Blue Jays with their offense. Last question for us before we let you run, Dusty. You referred to coming back as a champion, as a World Series winner, winner and trying to repeat the way Cito did. When you got the team together this spring, the Astros, did you see anything different to them? You know, because no, they, really. they won, like, did you talk to them about trying to repeat or, or anything like that? No. See, this is a different group of guys. These guys expect to win, mm. and, and these and, and these guys, you know, uh, I mean, you look at the last five or six years, and I've been here three of those. Uh, you know, they're winning before I got here. They're winning while while I'm here, and they I think they're younger expect to win after I'm here. Now it's tough to, um, you know, keep repeating and keep uh, uh, being on top because. You know, when you when you're on top, you're drafting, you're drafting 28th or 30th or whatever it is, and so like you don't get that high round draft uh, uh, mm-hmm. pick. You might get the number one pick, but uh, but you're picking number 30, and then and then what hurt this team the last couple of years? You know, they were fined. Part of the fine was that they lost their number one and number two draft choices two years in a row. Right. You know, so how do you you know so how do you rebuild your uh, you know, your farm system, which, you know, we're having a little trouble now, you know, rebuilding our farm system now. But, you know, you're asking, 
you know, about uh, about repeating what I said to the players. I just said, hey, man, we just got to stay healthy, uh, which we haven't yet. You got to stay positive. You got to stay focused no matter what, what, uh, where we are in the standings. You know, we still expect to, to win in the end. So that was it in a nutshell. Dusty, listen, we really appreciate your time. It's great to talk right. to you again. Uh, again, we're really happy for you last year. We'll Absolutely. look we'll look forward to seeing you when you're in Toronto. Thanks, Be well, Dusty. travel safely, and uh, thanks right, for this. Kevin. Congratulations. Hey, thank you. Hey, you know, I got a question nah. for you guys. Hey, man, um, because I'm a big basketball fan. How are you guys turning out? How is Canada turning out all these great basketball players? I mean, are, are they all Canadians? Yeah, it's I mean, it's a, it's a long story, but I'll tell you. You know what a lot of it is is uh, yeah. kind of the same thing as baseball. The the they they do a really good job of organizing or of, of identifying guys at a young age, kind of getting them in a central location and, and training them. I mean, that's really what it's come down to. Well, hey, hey man, keep producing them. You guys doing good? We will. Awesome. All right, thanks, all right, Dusty. Be well. All right, later. Bye. Okay. It's Dusty Baker, manager of the Houston Astros. Uh, yeah, and it's funny you were talking about Marley because I, uh, I've always told the story about going in to do a spring training interview with him early and uh, early in the day, and uh, he's got John Lee Hooker on in the background. Oh, awesome. He's got incense going, and uh, yeah, he was. Uh, he's honest. Well, it's interesting hearing Appreciate him talk. It. I remember when Felipe Alou was managing Moises Alou. Somebody asked him what it's like to manage your son, and I remember him saying, "Well." I managed, I've managed everybody's son. I managed 24 other people's sons when I'm here. And I, mm-hmm. it was interesting hearing Doc, Dusty talk about that. But that uncle story is right. You can't always that tell your dad that, everything. But that you uncle can story is right. Yeah. yeah. It's good. I mean, it's, it's great. Look, look, he is, he's the best manager I've ever had. Like, I, for him just to remember me, remember that conversation, he's a tremendous man. Like, I can't say that enough. The way he treats every single player, no matter if you're the 25th guy, that wasn't a 26th guy when I was playing with him. If you're the 25th guy or the first guy, right? And I was, I was there to basically back up Joey because he was going through some things off the field, and that was my job. And the conversations that I would have with Dusty every single day of when I needed to be ready, and that was from the gate, right? I could go in the game in the first inning with two outs, right? It was don't be surprised. And for Dusty to come and have the conversation with me, to care enough about me, he put me in pinch running. I'm not the fastest guy, but I know how to base run. I'm smart. And I and and for him to realize that and recognize that, I mean, that's he's next level, man. Like it's dusty for me and then everybody else. And Hall of Fame be lucky to have him. Baseball's lucky to have him. I mentioned you to to adapt and overcome the way he has. I mean, he played 19 years. He's seen it all. He's managed 26 years. And, and he's it, seen everything and what he's been through with the Astros. Well, and, and what it really interests awesome what really interests me too is, you know, African American players of his era, the stuff they had to go through, you know, playing in the South, um, not even in the South. I mean, the stuff they had to go through in general in the game. To come out of that and not be hopelessly jaded and still kind of be willing to see good in people is it's it's a it's a pretty he holds it's a pretty you to a high standard thing. no matter whether you're the twenty fifth guy or the first guy and there's something to that. He yeah. mentioned there's an expectation around everywhere he goes and he demands that. If you're in the big leagues with him, he demands you to do your job. 
It's your, yeah. if I call on you, go do your job, whether that's have a quality at bat against the dude that throws 99 or run the bases. I'm putting you in the game for the re, for a reason. And I remember taking batting practice and him standing around the batting cage. It's nerve wracking. Like it's, that's dusty, man. Like, and he's Captain Cool. Just look at the way he got off the radio yeah. later. Like, he's just Captain Cool. Like, it is, I can't say it enough. It's, it is. It was an honor and a privilege to just be around him, learn from him, listen to him talk, listen to a meeting. You never lit. You've never been in a meeting before till you've been in a room with a bunch of baseball players and him talking to everybody. Nobody's doing anything other than listening to him, which is pretty awesome. Uh, that is it for us. It's a great interview with Dusty Baker. Um, yeah, Mark, Jen, Lance, thanks for uh, a terrific job as usual. Way to go, boss. We will be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fan of Sportsnet 360. A reminder, if you're listening on podcast, please give Mr. Barker a lovely five-star review and say some nice words about him. It means so much to him. Actually, it means a lot to all of us. Enjoy the baseball. We'll chat tomorrow.